And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. 1 Samuel 17, 26, And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And then Psalm 42, 2, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. It is so vital that we know and understand, and not just like a head knowledge, but a deep, real knowledge that drives our lives, that God is the living God. And this might seem sort of at first glance like, okay, what, but, but let's really look at, I mean, did you even notice the different connotations of God being the living God that Scripture talks about it with, right? Like, because God is the living God, who dares defy Him? Because God is the living God, who dares fight against him? And so as we continue to look at scripture, what we're going to see is what I want to remind all of us of is that Elohim Kayam, knowing God as the living God, should impact our lives in very real, tangible, practical ways every day. And so the first thing that this name of God reminds us of is that only the living God is actually worth following. Only the living God is actually worthy of honor, worthy of glory, worthy of time and attention and our due. Well, yeah, okay, but no, really think about it. Think of all the things that we give priority in our life, all the things that we rearrange our time for, our schedule for, our finances for. Like, Think of what truly determines. We've talked about this numerous times, right? Everyone has their doxology, that fancy word for what they believe. Everybody has what they believe. And then we also have our praxology, that fancy word for what we do. And so when we consider our, our beliefs, it's easy to say, yes, I believe God is the living God. But when we consider what we do, well, do our actions reflect this awareness that only the living God is worthy of our everything? Listen to scripture, Jeremiah 10.10. 10. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. Daniel 6, you have a king who is not a Christian, does not believe. He's not a Christian, he's Jesus, but he's, he's not one of God's people. He is not someone who follows the Lord. And he's seen what Daniel's God has done. He's seen the might of God. And what does he say? He says in Daniel 6, I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. Consider Psalm 135, 15 to 18. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak. They have eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. Habakkuk 2, 18-20. What profit is an idol when its maker has shaped it? A metal image, a teacher of lies. For its maker trusts in his own creation when he makes speechless idols. Woe to him who says to a wooden thing, awake, to a silent stone, arise. Can this teach? Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in it. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Isaiah 45, 20, assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, you survivors of the nation. 
They have no knowledge who carry about their wooden aisles and keep on praying to a God that cannot save. Did you catch what living God is tied to? Because He is the living God, He can hear. So if you're crying out for help, if you're crying out in loneliness, if you're crying out in frustration, if you're crying out in pain, if you're crying out and I need someone, I need something, only the living God can hear you. These other idols, these things we cry out to, we cry out to our jobs to give us peace of mind. Well, if I would just get that raise, if I would just get that bump in pay, then I would have stability, then I would have security, and we cry out to our jobs to give us peace. And our jobs are dead. They have no ears. We're desperate to know which way to go. We're desperate to know truth. We're desperate to see light in the dark of this world. And so we cry out for someone, for anyone, for anything to teach us, to instruct us. And we cry out to our favorite news channel. Okay, tell me what I need to think. Tell me what I need to know. We cry out to our favorite speakers. We cry out to our favorite leaders. We cry out to our favorite celebrities. Okay, tell me. And they're dead and they can't speak truth because they are not the living God. Because God is the living God, He is the only God worth following. He is the only true God. He is Elohim Chayem. It's beautiful. It's incredible. And then, whoa, think about it. This living God wants to know you? This living God, this sovereign creator of the universe wants to know you and be known by you. I mean, that's awesome. I went to the Orioles game this past Thursday night. I'm an Orioles fan. Cal Ripken Jr., greatest baseball player ever. I'm an Orioles fan. Went to the game. I would have loved to walk up and say, hey, Brandon Hyde, he's the manager of the Orioles. Can I sit in the dugout and learn from you? Do you know how well that would have gone? Like if I was just like, oh, Joe, hey, hold on a second. I'm going to hop the fence because Brandon Hyde wants me to hang out with him. Like, no, that's how I wind up barred from all like, major league ballparks. God, the living God, says, hey, come into my presence. I want to listen to you. I want to speak to you. I want to be with you. It's awesome. Like, we follow the living God. What else does Elohim Kayem remind us of? It reminds us. What have we looked at in this series on 2 Corinthians to tie these two together? No message in Scripture is ever totally standalone or isolated. What is one of the truths we've looked at in 2 Corinthians over and over again? These lessons, these, these reminders from the Lord about our identity in Him. Elohim Kayem, the living God, should directly inform your understanding of your identity. Consider what Scripture says. 2 Corinthians 3.3 you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. So the language is different because now we've shifted from the Old Testament to the New Testament, so we shifted from Hebrew to Greek, but the name is the same, the living God. And so we are reminded in Scripture that, hey, we are letters written with the Spirit of the living God. This is who you are as a believer. You have 2 Corinthians 6, 16. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said. God identified you, His son, His daughter, believer in Christ. You are the temple of who? The living God. And then, so now we've got individually. What about collectively when we gather as this body, as this family? 1 Timothy 3, 15. 
Paul says, if I delay, he says, I wrote these things so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. So knowing that God is Elohim Kayam, knowing that God is the living God, that not only helps us know Him, but it reveals, it helps us know who He calls us. It helps us know what our identity is in Him. We're going to get more into this, but it's what baptism reminds us of. That we are not dead in our sin. We are not dead in our trespasses. We are not dead in ignorance and in darkness. We are the temple of the living God. We are the household of the living God. We are the letter written with the spirit of the living God. So knowing God is this also reminds us of what our identity is, of who we are. And if we know who God says we are, then it doesn't matter what the world says we are. It doesn't matter what your friends or family or neighbors or coworkers say you are. If you know who God says who you are, that's what matters. And Elohim Kayam reminds us that we are His. What else does this name do as we know God as Elohim Kayam? It, it's our source of joy and strength. Listen, my friends, listen to these scriptures. Listen to these truths. 1 Timothy 4.10 For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Your hope is not set on some dead thing. Hope, looking forward to what's going to happen in the end. What do I do? I mean, what's it say? For to this we toil and strive. Anybody ever feel like life's exhausting? Anybody ever feel like life is just wearing you down? It's a grind, a never-ending grind. Like, hey, guess what? I get to wake up and do it all over again tomorrow. Cool. Why do we toil and strive? Because our hope's not set on this world. Our hope's not set, my hope's not set on my house with its creaky floorboards and questionable plumbing and old windows. My hope's not set on that. My hope is set on the living God. My hope's not set on a job that has a good day and then a bad day and then a mad day and then like a stretch of three straight months where I'm just bored out of my life. No, my hope's not set on my job punching numbers into a computer. My hope's not set on my job standing in the same place all day moving by. Like, my hope is not set on this. My hope is set on the living God. My hope's not set on my bank account. My hope's not set on my family relationships, on my friend relationships. My hope is set on, foundationally set on, the living God. He's not dead. What did we look at last Easter? We just asked the simple question, where is Jesus? When you look at the symbols of Easter, where's Jesus? Is he still on the cross? Nope. Is he still in the tomb? Nope. He's on the throne. Why? Because he's living. And this is our source of joy and strength. Hebrews 9 how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So when we say, hey, I don't have the strength to toil and strive. I don't have the energy to toil and strive. I don't have it within me. I don't have the personal capacity for this. This is too much. We say, well, 
it's not about your strength. It's about the living God. He is the one who purifies us. He is the one who raises us. It's never been about our own merit. It's never been about our own abilities. It's never been about our own wisdom. It's about Jesus, the living God, who purifies us, who raises us from death to serve the living God, to be his letter, to be his temple, to be his dwelling place. Elohim Kayem. It's where the perseverance comes from. It's where the I press on comes from. It comes from the living God. If my car battery dies, what would be more helpful, to try and jump it with a live car or with another dead car? No, I don't say, hey, is your car dead too? You want to come jump my battery? The living God is the source of the strength to carry on. The source of joy that doesn't run out. The source of peace that is inexhaustible. In, in, in a, that also doesn't run out. <laughs> right? If you all had your hope set on a preacher who never tripped over his words, you should leave right now. But we have our hope set on the living God. It's, it's unbelievable that we get to know him by this name. And then consider what we did this morning. Consider what, what our brothers and our sister did this morning. What we got to see our family participate in this morning. Consider Elohim Kayem. What does it remind us? It reminds us that life belongs to him. This isn't just like who he is. This is his to give and his alone to give. He is the living God, and because He is the living God, He is the source of life. I mean, literally think about it, like literal physical breath life, but then also eternal life, both. Both and, listen to what Scripture says about this. This is John 1, chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we're talking about Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So if it exists, it only exists because the living God said this will exist. Listen to verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What else does Scripture say? John 6, 68. Jesus has said to his apostles, a lot of people have abandoned him. Jesus has been teaching hard things. Jesus has been teaching difficult things. Toil and strive, Jesus has been talking about those words. He's like, hey, you want a cakewalk? That's not me. And a lot of people are like, ah, oh, that's a hard thing, I'm out. And they bail. And Jesus turns to his apostles, he says, how about you, are you going to leave too? And in John 6, 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Acts 14, 15. The apostles are speaking to the people, the general public. They say, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. See, life is His and His alone, and therefore it is His to give. It is His to offer. This goes back to, He is the only one worthy of following. 
Because no one else, no other God, no other thing that we pour ourselves into can give life. Consider Colossians 2, 12-13. Having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith, in the powerful working of God, who raised Him from the dead, and you, Graham, Keaton, Matt, you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. If you've been baptized, you have given your voice as testimony to, I was dead. But having been buried with Him, I am raised to life with Him to life eternal, life unyielding, life never-ending, life undiminished, life untarnished. Why? Because He is the only one who possesses life and can give it. I mean, this name, this name is, is mind-blowing. This name should be praise on our lips every day when you wake up and you take in that breath of the morning. It's not, crap, here we go again, another Monday. It's, oh my goodness, I woke up. I have breath. I have life. I only have that because Jesus gave it to me. Like the Christian should be the most fired up person at 7 a.m. on a weekday. <laughs> I'm serious. Because while all your coworkers, while all your neighbors, while everyone else is like, oh, here we go again, you're like, yeah, here we go again, alive. What's the alternative? Would you rather be dead? No, because we serve Elohim Kayem. We serve the living God. We follow the living God. We know Him as the living God. We receive joy from the living God. We have set our hope in the living God. And the living God gives us strength to carry on. Because this is who He is and His and His alone to give. Oh, it's awesome. It is so much fun. It is such a privilege to know Him as this. You think the world doesn't need to know Him like this? Can you think of one person, just one, let's pretend, like we have to stretch hard to think. Can you think of one person in your life who you're like, man, there's no joy in life? Maybe you're that person. Maybe you're that coworker that everybody else avoids. Maybe you're that grumpy, cynical, pessimistic, bitter, broken-down person. Maybe you're the one other people are looking at, and they're like, man, they need some life breathed into them. If that's you, come talk to me, please. Seriously, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Like that, That's just that's what we get when we pursue any of this without Jesus. But when we pursue Jesus, we find life. That's... That's worth being excited about. That's worth the church being on fire about. If you had a cure for cancer, would anything stop you from finding one hospital to listen to you? If you truly had a cure for cancer, you could have removed cancer from the world. And the first 10 hospitals were like, you're insane. Would anything stop you from sharing that cure for death with the world? You've got the answer. You've got life. We know where it comes from. We know who provides it. So don't be dismayed. Please don't be dismayed. 
Don't be beaten down. I know life's hard. I know the phone calls from the doctors don't always go well. I know the, the meetings with your boss don't always go well. I know things break down. I know relationships break down. I know life's hard. There's a reason the Bible talks about toiling and striving. But I also know that none of that changes that God is alive. I know that none of that changes that He is Elohim Kayem. So that means that none of that changes that He is the source of life. He is the source of these things, and He has given it to us. He has given it to believers. And so I know that every day we get to wake up and praise and know and be known by the living God. And so this week, as we consider these things, just real simple, read Isaiah 44, just one beautiful chapter, one beautiful chapter about the living God. And then if you've been raised to life with Christ this week, here's your application. Actually act like it. Rejoice. Smile more. Appreciate life more. Roll down the window and do this thing with your hand that makes you look like seven. Like, we're raised to life. How is that not fun? So let that fill you with joy this week, my friends. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you have given us the gift of baptism, this, this tangible way to show our friends and family, to show our church family, our, our body we belong to, like, yes, I am Jesus's. I belong to him. He has raised me from death to life. What a wonderful, wonderful reminder that you gave us. Lord, may it always point us back to you, the living God, the source of life, the one to whom life belongs to, the one to whom gives it, the one to whom offers it. Thank you that you offer it without us having to earn it. We praise you for these things. You are so wonderful, Lord. And so we praise you as Elohim Kayem. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey everyone, Pastor Sam here. Thanks for joining us for a Sunday sermon. If you're interested in more of the sermons from this series or some of our past sermon series that we've done, you can find them at discovercommunity.org under the sermon file. Uh, otherwise, you can subscribe to this channel to make sure you stay up to date on all our content. Thanks for joining us.